my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely fantastic, amazing day today. And if you guys saw the product of the week, the Ultimate Multiple Powder has now been superseded by the purple sticks, and that will be changing later on this afternoon. I'll get all that updated this afternoon on the product of the week, so be sure to check that out if you guys want to grab any powder last hand, you know, last second, or if you want to grab the purple sticks later on this afternoon, be sure to watch the website for that on updates. And I saw some articles earlier from Zero Hedge earlier this morning. It was interesting. As the EU is now beginning to impose their full embargo on Russian oil next week, according to J.P. Morgan, they're claiming that oil is going to shoot up to $185 a barrel. That's on the zero hedge right now. Now, I have no idea if that's accurate. That's the J.P. Morgan banker boys are claiming. That's what zero hedge is reporting on. And it would not surprise me because they wanted to give everybody a little bit of breathing room the last couple weeks. That's why everything's kind of slowed down some. That's why they've tried to bring their COVID lies back into the forefront. And the problem is the COVID lies turned into just COVID fakery as everybody's now realized that there's no legitimate aspect to anything the mainstream media has said to us. Now they got to start running the prices up and explaining and using the excuse of Ukraine and Russia as the reason everything's getting so expensive. So that'll be something interesting to watch if that actually happens. We'll have to keep an eye on it and keep everybody updated as well. And also, too, this is interesting. The CNN finally admits and published an article that the White House doesn't really know what happened to the vast quantity of weapons that they sent to Ukraine, with one source saying it dropped into a black hole. The U.S. sent a total of around $15.2 billion in military aid, and I put that in quotation marks as a sarcasm, but it is $15.2 billion in military aid since the beginning of March. The Biden administration is prepared to announce another $800 million package later this week. The two officials said the package is expected to include more artillery and tens of thousands of more artillery rounds and equipment. However, where all the weapons and money are actually going is apparently a huge mystery, even according to CNN. (laughs) CNN writes an article, and the title of it is, What Happened to All the Weapons Sent to Ukraine? Uh, Nobody really knows. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the weapons may wind up in the hands of other military or militia that the U.S. did not intend to arm, sets to report. I'm going to rephrase that. Most of the money and most of the equipment and most of all the funds being sent to Ukraine are being sucked up into the deep state and corrupt government of Ukraine to be spent and laundered somewhere else. That is my personal opinion and my quote on that and what I personally think. And it's funny because we saw with Rumsfeld right before 9-11, what was it, the two or three trillion dollars, Dad? The, we, we, we misappropriated it. We don't, we don't know where these couple trillion went. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a couple trillion. You know, We're not really sure where they went. We're going to do some digging, though. We're going we're gonna to find out where all these trillions of dollars went, and, oh, whoops, 9-11's happening tomorrow. Oh, well, we're not actually going to dig into any of that at all. We're just going to kind of throw it into a black hole. Oh, kind of like CNN said, where did the $15 billion just go to Ukraine? Well, again, you guys <laughs> make your own determination where that money went. But I find it funny, Dad, that the mainstream media is so bent on trying to control the narrative, they know – 
they have no ability at all to speak truth, so they just have to twist the narrative and twist the lies. And we've all said this. We said this from the very beginning when this bill started. Why in the world are we handing open wallet checks to Ukraine when they're the third most corrupt country in the entire world? And how do we know where all this money is actually going? I told you guys yesterday I got a real problem with a lot of these churches and evangelists with their open wallet. Oh, we're donating money to Ukraine. We're giving money to Ukraine. We're, we're handing it over to them. We don't, we don't know where it goes. We don't know where it's appropriated to. We're just handing them millions of dollars because Ukraine needs it. Where's it going to support? How, how many buckets of food are we sending over there? Oh, we don't know. We're just going to check for another million dollars to Ukraine. And I'm like, okay, cool. How about I'll keep my money and save it and protect it and turn around and donate it and help girls in Thailand like we've done with Dr. Mark Rutland. And so many girls over there have been saved over there in their orphanage, and we've directly supported that because I know where the funds are going. How about you actually support stuff, my friends, that you know where it's going and you know what it's supported into and stop giving money to the third most corrupt country in the entire world when the United States can't even figure out where the $15 billion we threw them went? What do you think, Dad? <laughs> well, my whole thing, Austin, is this. Whenever you throw weapons into a war zone – if there really is a war going on in the Ukraine, yeah. if their ship really was sunk, if Zelensky's really president, if, if Putin's really going after it. I mean, if all of the ifs, okay, if. <laughs> watch the movie Wag the Dog, and you'll see what I'm trying to say here. Once you throw money into a black hole, it kind of just disappears. And then when you then when you try to go back and say, hey, I wonder where the money went, <laughs> I wonder where the money went, you're kind of like, well, who knows? It went here because you got 14,000 hands in the black hole grabbing the money as it goes out. And, and people don't realize how the United States, and, you know, and I think a little bit of it was glimpsed on that Hunter Biden laptop and those incredibly awful photos and videos that were on there and all the filthy stuff that was on there and the perversion. People are finally beginning to realize that the FBI is not going to do their job. <laughs> just thought I'd mention that. And they're finally starting to realize how utterly corrupt the United States government is from the top down. And this is what we, we mentioned this a few months ago. In fact, it was last year. I talked about how we're not going to fix this top down. It's not going to happen. It can't be done that way. It has to be fixed bottom up. It's got to be fixed with your local county governments, your local city governments. We've got to clean this mess up from the bottom and work it back up until we get to the state elections and get new voting machines in to get to the national elections to do something different than we are doing right now. And we've got to reinstate exit polling in national elections, though George W. Bush got rid of that. Because we've got to know what the pollsters are saying and what the real numbers are. If you have a 1,000 people coming out of a precinct, you've got a significantly large enough number that you can find out how many people have voted for the Republican or the Democratic or the Libertarian candidate, you have an actual number of what the votes should reflect from that precinct. If you don't do that, you don't have any idea whether fraud's been committed or not electronically. That's the problem that we have right now. We've got to go back to paper ballots. As antiquated as that sounds, as 1800s as that sounds, as going back to the Stone Age as that sounds, where everybody's got to get a little slat of slate and write somebody's name on it. I mean, that's where we've got to go back to. Because when you have these electronic Diebold election machines, which have been shown to be easily hacked, you see what happened with the last election. Now, we all know that Donald Trump won the last election. We all know that Biden's a sniffing pervert. We all know that. We know that his sons were sniffing perverts, also hooked on crack or meth or whatever he was on, and have all of his teeth replaced. We also know all of that. But this is the group of the country. This is the group that's running the planet. When you see the underside belly of this, and you understand who they are 
and you see the, how should I say, the mask pulled away, and you start to look at the actual groups of people that are out there, you know, you got to ask yourself a question. What's going on at the highest levels of government? What's going on to make things like Iran-Contra happen when Oliver North was selling weapons and all of this stuff, and then Barry Seal was killed, and many people feel as though that Oliver North is the one who actually puts a hit out on Barry Seal, and he wasn't killed by the Nicaraguans. He was killed by a CIA hit team. When all of these things, you start looking at them and you start trying to understand them, you ask the simple question, why is it that we can't get decent people in government to basically be elected to fix this mess? And I, I'm, you know, I want to cover that this morning because it's, it's so frustrating to me. You know, we have to ask ourselves, why does so many, and I, I'm reading part of an article by Preston James, why do so many federal agents, also known as feds, sell out? to the evil ruling cabal because of the great pay, the best benefits, and the sense of power. And the alternative would cause major personal loss and extreme problems forever. And what he's saying here basically is that they're promised a package. It's kind of like an employment package. You say, I'm going to give you free health insurance. I'm going to give you $100,000 a year retirement package, <laughs> all this other kind of stuff. And they get all this stuff, but you're going to have to do what we tell you to do. And so they look at the package and they weigh the cost of the package versus personal compromise, and many of them basically capitulate. And this is why we have this problem. And I said this a couple of years ago, I guess about five years ago, when I was talking before Trump went into office. And I said, if the truth be told of what's going on in the federal government with all the things with Jeffrey Epstein and all the people who have been blackmailed and with Hillary Clinton and all of the rest, probably half, half of the federal government would be indicted or taken out of office because they're compromised including people who have been put in high positions of power like Fauci, who basically is the highest paid federal employee ever, I guess, in the history of the world, I guess, I don't know. But he's making close to half a million dollars a year, and they put him up like some kind of gargoyle to try to scare us all of the time. But th this is what we have to see. And, and you realize that the majority of these feds at the highest levels have drunk the cabal Kool-Aid. They've been effectively mind-controlled by their internalization of the particular substructure of power and subculture of power, wearing the United States government cloak of authority that they've been socialized into. They're given tremendous power. You see this with the airline attendants as they scream and yell at you to put your mask on peasant. Between your bites of food, put your mask on peasant. If you're trying to take a nap, put your mask on peasant. And thank you by the grace of God and algorithms and all the stuff that we've done on this show and other shows, that mask subculture on the airplanes is hopefully over with now. But you've got to realize a lot of these people become true believers in their subculture. And they believe all the cabal myths that support their false beliefs. It's like there's been a veil put up around the hearts and the minds of these people. So they believe in – accept the lie as truth, the powerful rewards for internalizing the authoritarian structure of the cabal and all the rewards given to them for doing so that motivates them to sell out this cabal. They're basically part of the hierarchical system of authority and control. But there's always some feds who learn that subculture of their agency is a lie. And most of the time they just live in quiet desperation. To maintain their great pay and top benefits, which includes the best retirement packages imaginable. Some of these guys get 100% of their salary for retirement. <laughs> Look at the Congress. They have these insanely amounts, amounts of money. And then for those who basically try to get to stop it, uh, they try to do something because they have enough character to try to say no more, they're often fired. They're blacklisted. Sometimes they're harassed for life. Sometimes, sometimes they get put into jail. On trumped up charges, look at James Trafficking from Congress. He went in prison for seven, eight years because he tried to tell the truth. Older feds are more likely to learn 
the sad truth, they work for the evil satanic kingpin of the, kingpin of the cabal, and top policymakers that are part of the powerful think tanks and organizations outside of the mainstream government. You know, but why do they learn and why they do nothing and why they finally quietly fall away? Well, you start to realize that when people get paid lots of money and they're bribed repeatedly, that most of the time that they stay with it. But then a lot of them, as we've talked about with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell so many times, they're groomed to basically accept perversion and pornography and child sex and child trafficking and organ harvesting. And let us not forget the vast amount of trillions of dollars coming out in poppy and heroin out of Afghanistan and now fentanyl, which is killing so many people. It's incredible. So also remember, too, a lot of these groups at the lower levels, they're compartmentalized. They don't even realize what's going on. It's kind of like the Masonic Lodges. You know, you're a first-degree Mason or second-degree Mason. You really don't know what's going on at the 30th-degree level. They don't tell you. So you're compartmentalized, and you basically think you're doing okay, but you don't realize that how the extent of the evil of what the organization is you're involved in. A lot of these feds also have a completely internalized false ideology of their agency, which has been carefully provided by the cabal leaders and is quite anti-human in many ways when carefully examined. And these cabal leaders who sit at the top of the government and corporate hierarchy set all of their major policies and create an agency subculture which fit together to support their age-old globalist New World Order agenda. And then you got to realize that when these people get stepped on, when they actually come out and say something, they don't want to go to jail. They don't want to be part. When they see what happens to people who don't do what they're supposed to do, they don't want to be one of those people that don't do what they're supposed to do because they don't want the full weight of the government coming down against them. Now, I know a lot of you guys don't like Roger Stone. I got that, right? And, and he basically is someone that I really don't choose to associate with either, all right? But, but here's the thing. You know, he had 600, 600 attorneys come after him with depositions and with briefs and with memos and with all kinds of discovery, which completely and totally bankrupted him. That's the full weight of what they can do to you if they really want to. And so we need to understand that when you get involved with calling these guys out and saying things about what they're doing, it probably means this. A lot of these crimes that these people are involved in, if they actually were made public, would include treason, sedition, major criminal and civil RICO, pedophile, war-making, crimes against humanity, subversion of the U.S. rule of law, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, crimes that Cabal used, the FBI and the Department of Just Us to cover up typically included satanic-based pedophile child sacrifice, sex trafficking, organ trafficking, and many other unimaginable crimes. And you sit back and you look at this and you go, wow, this is just absolutely insane that this is happening. And then you start to ask yourself another question. Is the FBI basically being used at this point just to cover up the crimes at the highest level? Has it become that corrupt at the highest end? I mean, I don't know. I mean, why in the world... Did they have Hunter's laptop years ago, years ago, and they never prosecuted him? I mean, is, uh, the guy who basically discovered it, who ran the computer store, he has fled the United States because of harassment and now resides in Switzerland just to get out of here. I mean, you know, think about that for a second. But yet, <laughs> I guess it, it kind of goes back to this. There's a movie called Shooter, you know, with Mark Wahlberg. And it's kind of interesting. He's on trial basically for shooting some, prime, you know, Archduke or whatever, some bishop. And he basically uh, is talking to this, you know, head guy at the very end. And they're talking about all of the crimes that these people have committed 
you know, in Africa. And, and Danny Glover's playing, playing the top colonel, and he goes, well, don't look around you. We're not in the Horn of Africa right now. We're in the United States of America, protected under our Constitution. The United States doesn't have laws to cover what happens in another country. And so basically Danny Glover walked away, and nothing happened to him. And all these people are involved in all of this stuff all of the time. They actually get a feeling that they're above the law. And, and then you start to realize that all of these basically subcultures start to develop. You get these long-term normals and norms and strange subcultures. They've normalized the grave crimes against we the people in America. They know they're breaking the laws. They know they're violating the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and doing the evil on behalf of the ruling cabal. They understand that, but they basically believe it's okay. Now, what's interesting is this. You know, this cabal creates this – is, this is the Sabbatane Luciferian Kabbalists that I talk about all the time. Okay? They create and mandate all top United States government policies. The earlier members hijacked America in 1913 when they used human compromise and bribery against Woodrow Wilson and many others to pass their notably illegal unconstitutional Federal Reserve Act, which is the greatest fraud ever perpetrated in the American people. Approximately 40 percent of our federal taxes pays to the Federal Reserve as payments of the illegal interest they charge us for using what should have been our own real money in the first place. But now it's become these cabal-issued interest-bearing debt notes instead, and they can create money out of thin air. And it's interesting because I, I watched this movie a few years ago, and I'm not recommending it, but it's, it's really – I think it was called Sicario. And, and, and what, what they did is they came in, and they started talking, to, and, they, and these guys got so compromised. And one of the girls who was an FBI agent, a real one, who was trying her best to work with these guys, and the CIA was all involved with them, they, she started to realize what was going on. And, and what they told her was kind of crazy, but it makes sense, and it's kind of what their mantra is. They feel as though that people are going to use drugs. And here's one of their little quotes they use. Drugs and prostitution have always been here. It is a fact of history, and no one is ever going to stop these vices. Now, these are hard realities of life. Drugs will always be imported and sold. It's a fact of history and a fact of life. We don't force anyone to use drugs. It's their own free choice. Now, do you want all of this money to go to the scumbag street urchins to waste? Or doesn't it make more sense for this money to go to your government and to be used to protect the national security of America so America can remain strong and you have true freedom? Nobody forces anyone to buy or to use drugs. It's an individual choice, but it just happens to be a historical reality, and it goes on. So grow up, boy, and think like a big boy. If you don't do this, somebody else will. Anyway, so it's not like your refusal would ever make a dent in any of this all the way. That's how they compromise these guys. They tell them that. So then they tell them, like Wayne Root said on, Wayne Allen Root said on our show a few years ago, you're going to have all of this money all of this pension, all of this information given to you all of your life. You're going to be a congressman or a senator, and you're going to basically have this huge retirement that you voted for yourself, 100% of your pay for the rest of your life after you serve a couple of years. <laughs> and we're going to give you benefits in a beautiful home, in a Swiss bank account, or we're going to put you in prison like they did James Trafficking, <laughs> just to prove a point. And what ends up happening is they start, everybody starts to – they stop for a second, and they think, and they go, well, you know, I kind of like my life. I, I kind of want to do something a little bit different with my life besides sit in jail. So I'm going to just do this for 20 or 30 years, and I'm just going to go relax. And at that point in time, I'm just going to be able to just, you know, sit back and relax. 
and just go do something and live on a creek up in the mountains and never think about this anymore. Gosh, guys, that's what they've done. Now, there's another interesting part about this, and we got to go back to the third temple. There was an article from the Jerusalem Post this, this weekend, and it says, when blood spills on Passover and Easter, it's time to rebuild the temple. What? Yeah, this is by Truly Weiss. And, you know, one would have hoped that yesterday's unique convergence of Passover, Easter, and Ramadan would have led to a wonderful day of peace and brotherhood in the spiritual city of Jerusalem. Of course, we have to remember the gay parades there. Alas, any dream of religious harmony on a day holy to all three great Abrahamic faiths was shattered by Muslim rioters who turned the Temple Mount into a bloody battlefield, hurling stones at Jewish worshippers and Israeli vehicles. Palestinian terrorists whose properties have been stolen 50, 60 years ago and many of their families were machine gunned. Oh, that, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have added that. That was my little deal. Palestinian terrorists have been fanning the flames of religious violence in recent weeks as Israelis have been preparing for Passover, tragically murdering three Jews in their 20s. Shortly after the deadly massacre, Hamas explained their motive and declared the continuing terrorism of the occupation and its crimes attempts to Judaize Jerusalem and perform sacrifices in the Al-Asq Mosque so build its so-called temple during what they call Passover. It stands blood and bullets. Okay, that's what they said. I'm quoting that exactly. And now what they're saying is how Christians have to basically work with the Jews to rebuild the third temple in order to bring peace to Jerusalem. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I stop and I look at that on, on Christmas, on Easter Sunday and Monday. I thought I've got to cover this. Because of other stories that we've had to talk about, I really didn't have time to go into it until now. Here's the deal. You know, the book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ was our sacrifice once and forever. And that we no longer have to have the, the shedding of blood for bulls and goats and pigeons and cows and everything else. We don't have to have that. All we need to do at this point is remember that we're in a blood covenant with the most high God through Jesus Christ. And God himself allowed the temple to be torn down in 72 AD as Jesus had prophesied that it would be. And now because of the Schofield Reference Bible and, and political Zionism run amok, and because the Masonic lodges at the highest levels are all tied in with the Kabbalah, and they want to rebuild and force the rebuilding of the Third Temple to bring their Antichrist out onto the steps, they're forcing the rebuilding of this temple and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, including this article that I just read you, that, they, that they just wrote. And then we have people coming into the churches asking for temple money, for temple funds. And, and, and why would you do that as a Christian? Let me ask you that as a question. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, shed his blood for you, and remains an eternal atonement for you to reconcile your relationship with God, to provide the healing frequency of the power of God Almighty through Jesus Christ, an eternal being who basically is omnipresent, why would you think that sacrificing a pigeon you know, in the Holy of Holies or out on the temple grounds would make a difference in your life? <laughs> you need to read the book of Hebrews, and you need to understand what's going on here and how the church – has basically been emasculated by the teachings of Cyrus Schofield and Darby and how they've come in and brought these, these basically this dispensational doctrine into the church that basically relies only on the rebuilding of the third temple in order for the, how should I say, the Messiah to return, which none of that's even true. It's all about bringing in the Antichrist. Guys, listen to me. It's so important that we understand what Christianity is, and this, this is not it. You know, Judaism is very, very, very strong religion for those who really believe it. Now, I'm going to read you a couple of things real quick. This is interesting. This is an article who basically uh, it came to Israel. When it comes to Israel, it's no holes barred for Rosanna Barr. This article was done about five years ago, 
and she would basically, uh, you know, she was a critic of the Jewish state. And she was basically saying how Israel needed to stop doing what they were doing to the Palestinians. Now, this is, this, this is actually in 2010. Here's what she said. This is an article. It's, and I've got it, I've got it posted on the website. And it says, Roseanne asks, how can I keep my soul and be a Jew when Israel is blockading Gaza? Okay. I didn't know Roseanne Barr is a Kabbalist. Wow. <laughs> Here she's talking to Kathleen Wells about the outrage of the Gaza blockade. In excerpts below, I've tried to elide religious beliefs. I'm kind of a pantheist myself, and now he goes on to this detail about this stuff. And then she basically starts talking about what's going on with Israel and what's wrong with Israel, what's wrong with the blockade, and all of the problems associated with the blockade and what they're doing. Okay, This is, this is her 10 years ago. Well, suddenly, five, six years ago, I guess after she was taken off TV, when it comes to Israel, no holes barred for Roseanne Barr. At a San Francisco rescue, this was in 2016, at San Francisco fundraiser, outspoken comedian opens up about her shift from critic to staunch advocate of the Jewish state. True to form, it was no holes barred when Roseanne Barr recently discussed her, her about face on Israel. And, you know, and then she says, I, w- I sought to be moral, but I was entirely incorrect and wrong. In other words, now she's going to politically correctness. She told a standing room crowd only of about 170 at a February fundraiser at the Israeli advocacy group Stand With Us at the Oakland Synagogue. Now, th- that's not the main reason I'm reading this article, because I really, quite frankly, Roseanne Barr, to me, has always just been a big mouth. I don't really care for her. Now, I will say she has been funny in several of the things that I've seen. But the reality is, is that she's not like my cup of tea, so to speak. But here's what she says. Mars described herself. Now, listen, it's so important that I tell you this all the time. And you got to you got to see what I'm saying here. Barr described herself as an observant Jew, a socialist. It's a communist, right? She's saying Barr described herself as an observant Jew, a socialist in the spirit of Trotsky. Wow. And a Kabbalist who studied with the late Rabbi Philip Berg of the Kabbalah Center. He taught me a lot, she said. I read all the Kabbalists. I still regard them as peers, even though they have passed on. It's like Rabbi Schneerson. Their words are still here, and I'm very into words, and Kabbalah is very much about words because it's about gematria. A number of Hollywood celebrities have been shown to study at the Kabbalah Center, including Madonna, Britney Spears, Demi Moore, and Ashton Kushner. Now, I brought that up to you guys to let you know that I'm not making this stuff up about Hollywood and who controls it. I'm not making it up about who controls BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and the, how the Bloodline families control these things. And these are basically satanic groups of people through the Committee of 300, et cetera, et cetera, who basically work through Bohemian Grove and all these other groups of people to blackmail everybody in the United States at the highest levels. That's why I read you from the FBI to start with. But this is the group that is running the world because Israel is the fiefdom of the Rothschild banking empire from the formation of the Federal Reserve. And if we understand that and we start to see where so much of this organized crime is coming from, when Meyer Lansky and all the rest of these guys got into bed with the CIA and the FBI and all these government agencies back in the 40s, before it was the OSS back then instead of the CIA, when they got into bed with the federal government after this, that, that the ship was sunk in its moors, you know, in the, in the port of New York. And always remember this stuff, guys. We are basically being run by a cabal, a Luciferian group of people that's organized crime. You see it in the Godfather movies. They work together to promote their evil agenda. They're psychopaths. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about anybody. 
All they care about is getting what they want off this planet and stripping it as assets and enslaving and killing as many people as they can as a blood sacrifice. Once you get that point across and you understand it, then you'll know why I'm going to say what I'm going to say next. As I've said so many times, the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. Without Christ, who's an eternal being, part of the triune Godhead, he created the heavens and the earth, who basically came and gave himself for us to rescue us from this. If we don't have a relationship with him, we simply don't have a chance or a hope to get through this. We don't. We have to maintain a relationship with Christ. I prayed for you guys this morning. And we've got to plead the blood of Christ over us every day. We've got to station angels around us every day. We have to put a hedge of thorns around us every day because we're going to have challenges, let me put it that way, in our personal lives. We're going to have challenges in our professional lives. And all of these things have to be left at the foot of the cross. They really do. Now, you can take your supplements. You can take your 5-HTP. You can take your cod liver oil. You can take your B-complex, which will help keep your mood elevated, your brain functioning properly. But in the final resolve of all of it, We've got to leave it at the cross. I've seen women and men and all kinds of people in every walks of life. They actually get themselves so distraught over personal relationships or family relationships or relationships with children that they make themselves sick. And <laughs> Sometimes they get sick for years. Sometimes they get so sick they've got to be hospitalized. And when told, why am I hospitalized? We don't know what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just really stressed out. Stress will kill you quicker than anything else. It decreases the body's ability to, well, it will kill you quicker than anything else. A heart attack will kill you pretty dog all quick, okay? But, but stress will decrease your ability to absorb nutrients, and so you have this slow, agonizing death as your body basically starves to death from a lack of nutrition. So we've got to understand something, guys. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus because he is the author. He is the finisher. And he is the perfecter of our faith. And when we get to a point in our life where we're overwhelmed by something, take it and leave it at the foot of the cross and say, Father, I step away from this now. I'm giving this person, this individual, the situation to you. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm just going to believe your best is going to be the, happen from it. Now, one thing you got to do is don't allow yourself to get put into the situation that you're praying about because of your own actions. Let me give you an example. I knew a man years ago. A uh, family member, I'm not going to mention any names, who had a son who basically was a drug addict. And the drug addict had basically used his father and had bankrupted him for heroin. And the father continued to enable the drug addict until the drug addict finally died of a heroin overdose. The point is this. Don't allow yourself to get into a situation where you constantly are enabling people and you're trying to help people who don't want to help themselves. That's really important that you don't do that because once you start doing that, you're going to find yourself frustrated to the point of just insanity. And I'm using that word very clearly that you're going to go nuts trying to figure out how to correct this. Guys, people make bad choices. If people make continual bad choices and you try to help them continually and they don't change, let me ask you a question. Why is that your responsibility? Aren't they an adult? <laughs> if they're a child, that's one thing. But if they're 18, 19, 20, 25, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, why in the world do you want to internalize what they're doing as your problem? All it's going to do is cause you stress, lack of proper digestion, and all kinds of other diseases. Guys, remember, keep your hearts and minds in Christ. He's the only answer. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? What's well, a valid point? 
you know, I've seen that happen a lot, as you have, where people will continually try to help other people that don't want to help themselves. And you made a very, very valid point with that. Is and I had actually had a good friend of mine call me last week, and he goes, "Hey, man, I've got basically a group of people that you know, it's a, a, these two couples. There's this couple that I know, husband and wife, and the wife is basically in stage four cancer." And she's going to chemotherapy and radiation, and they're talking about doing surgery now. And now her husband's calling me, asking me what they can do, what what natural supplements they can look at and get into. And he goes, I need to know, you know, what I can get for him because I, I, I want to help him out. And I said, well, there's a few supplements off the top that are very good for a healthy immune system. I said, but before I even go in that direction, bud. I said, you really need to evaluate if this is something you want to do. And he goes, well, I want to help them out. I said, are they wanting to be helped out? Or are they simply looking in every direction in desperation because they've made poor decisions in the area that they're at? I said, I'm not picking on them. I'm not talking bad about anybody. I said, but I can tell you about 99.99% of the time when I've seen this happen, they're not going to take any of the vitamins. They're not going to follow any of the protocol. They're going to continue to follow the medical model that they've been following for the last two years. And in the end, it's always going to be the same outcome. And I said, you're going to waste a bunch of money and waste a bunch of energy and become extremely frustrated, and not much is going to change. I said, so you could do it if you want. I'll give you a list here, and you're welcome to do it. I said, but be very cautious when these situations occur. I said, because I've been in them. Multiple times, I've gotten this question, this segment, this this scenario, probably 40 or 50 times I've been exposed to this. And I said the outcome has been the exact same 100% of the time. I said if people are serious when you're talking to them, they find out they have a health problem at the very beginning. They say, listen, we're going to go a different direction. We want to go a natural route. What can we do? I'm all ears to help you out. I'll be do everything I can and go out of my way to make sure we do the best we can. I said, but when people get into desperation and they follow the medical model for years and allow the medical industrial complex to essentially kill them with their protocols, and then they want to go to you as essentially a last Hail Mary football references, we want to see if we could do some natural supplements now when we're finishing up our chemotherapy and radiation and doing our next round of surgeries, and uh, maybe, maybe this will work. Well, Guys, which direction are you wanting to go? Are you wanting to go the medical route or you want to go the natural route? Because in most cases, they both don't go together very well. So just be aware of that. And I'm not picking on anybody. I know this is a very strange topic, but I want to bring that up because this topic gets brought up a lot. And people ask me this question a lot. And it's exactly what Dad just said. If somebody isn't willing to make changes, if somebody isn't willing to do it for themselves and they simply want to go to you and tell you, hey, what can I do to change this now even though I don't want to listen to you, got to be very cautious on how much time and energy you're going to pump into it. That's just a fact. And also, too, if you are having issues with significant stress, and I'm just going to plug this right now because this is such a popular product, the Cortisol Buster is an incredibly effective tool for that. I have Dozens of people that have taken this product that are under extreme stress, that have had a lot of crazy stuff happen, as we all have in the last two years in this interesting world we've been in. Remember, stress wears the body down. Stress taps the adrenal glands. Stress completely and totally stops digestion and absorption of nutrients, exactly what Dad just said. He's 100% right. When stress continues to overtake the body on a continual standpoint, it degrades the body. Stress in small amounts can be very healthy and it can be very effective. If all of a sudden you go to walk out in the road 
and a car's coming, and you jump back, and all of a sudden your adrenaline dumps, and you fly back in a quick hurry and miss the car. Well, your adrenaline and your adrenals and your stress and your cortisol just did a very, very effective thing for you. They just saved your life. But if you're constantly sitting around in a perpetual state of stress every single day, you sleep stressed out, you wake up stressed out, you go to work stressed out, you come home stressed out, everything's stressed out, that's not going to be long-term effective at all. And that's where the cortisol buster is designed to reduce cortisol. But you also have to work with yourself in conjunction and reducing the external stresses as much as you can. I get it. I know there's always going to be constant stressors around us all the time. There's no way from that. But you have to do the best you can to either prevent those, mitigate those, or reduce those as much as possible, especially if you're having issues with stress-related events. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, to another news, this is very interesting now. They're saying that the U.S. mortgage interest rates have now reached a 12-year high as demands are basically starting to slow down in the housing market as they are now heeding an average of the mortgage rates hit 5.2%. And I personally think they're going to go on much higher than this. They're going to have to figure out some way to service the debt. And what's interesting about this, though, is now I just read an article on MarketWatch saying that the federally insured mortgages and basically all the companies that maintain those, they're now discussing and talking about approving fully federally backed mortgages for 40-year notes, 40-year mortgages in order to help people make houses more affordable. This is the same thing they started doing in the vehicle industry when you could actually get any vehicle you wanted in the United States few years ago, and they started stretching notes out to 84 months. Here's the problem when you start doing this. When you start financing a vehicle for seven years, when you start financing a house for 40 years, the ability to actually pay that particular thing off, that item off, becomes very difficult, and the interest becomes very high. You think about this now. You start talking about a 5 6% mortgage rate on a 40-year note. Even if you made minimum payments, we're not even talking about the mortgage you're going to pay. You're in your 20s or 30s when you get in this house. Dude, you're not even going to have this house paid off until you're 70, and that's if you continue to stay in the house and keep the same mortgage and make the same payments, regular payments on it. This is designed to keep people further and further and further in the debt, and it's also designed to prop up the economy with an illusion that everything's doing okay. Now, this house that's half a million dollars that somebody probably can't get into because the interest rate's a little too high, now we're going to stretch it from a 30 to a 40-year. Now we're going to make it more affordable for them to get into, which is going to lead to longer and longer debt. This is what you're going to start seeing all across the board right now as you're seeing inflation and scarcity inflation occur. You're going to start seeing rates go up. You're going to start seeing things become more difficult, and you're going to start seeing notes and terms go out longer. This is not going to do anything but further in debt the entire country, which is the overall goal. This is why it's very important to use wisdom right now, especially with very long-term items like mortgages and getting involved in the housing industry. I've warned numerous people now that have been wanting to move down to Florida. The Florida housing market is absolutely overbloated like no other. Florida has numerous houses down here that are not even occupied, yet people are continually raising their prices on houses. I've watched houses on listings on like Realtor.com and stuff literally go up. The same person owns them. They have them listed. They literally have their realtor keep increasing the price of the house every two to three months. They're not doing this because the house is going up that much in value. They're doing it to artificially overbloat the housing market so its perceived value is higher than it actually is. There are houses down here right now that are literally 
cracker box houses with six foot setbacks with single pane windows that I mean you you could have built the house two three years ago for probably 160 grand 170 grand and they're now selling them for close to 350 to 400 thousand dollars right now and people are buying them they're that delusional here's the problem what happens with that the material industry and the materials for building houses is already starting to come down. What's happened now, though, is the builders and the contractors have not lowered their housing prices. They're continuing to bloat their housing prices, even though the material shortage is gone. The material prices are coming down. They're still keeping their houses over bloated, and they're selling them. They're making an absolute killing on the housing market right now. Some of these guys on track houses are making $100,000, $150,000 a house on track houses, Bobo track houses with two, three, four hundred houses in one subdivision right next to each other. You can literally step from one roof to the next. This is what they're doing and capitalizing on the housing market. Here's the problem. Now that everybody's wanting to move down here and the demand has still gone up, the housing market is going to start slowing down rapidly with interest rates going up. This is why they're trying to push to a 40-year mortgage. This is why I've warned everybody that's trying to move to Florida because their state has failed. Be very cautious on buying houses down here right now and getting involved in real estate because everything is extremely bubbly down here in Florida. Just thought I would throw that out there and give everybody a heads up who's wanting to keep going down here. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. As I told you guys yesterday, the CDC is no longer going to enforce their mask mandate after the Florida judge basically struck it down and said it was completely unconstitutional. Now, I was reading more stuff about what this judge said, and she blatantly said that the entire mandate for the mask was illegal. It was unconstitutional. The CDC had no right or ability to do it, and that essentially it was unlawful. That's why it got struck down. This is why nobody's tried to fight it, because there's really nothing to fight. There is nothing to rebuttal. It was illegal the entire time. My point in saying that is this. I'm not at any point in time in the foreseeable future going to let what happened over the last two years go. I'm not going to forget about it. I'm not going to put it on a bank and box and put it on the shelf and let it go. What they did to everybody and what they're still doing to people across the world with the lockdowns, the mandates, the experimental RNA injections with who knows what is in that sludge that is making people drop dead left and right and have horrific cardiovascular problems, blood clotting, neurological disorders. The numbers continue to go up with VAERS, guys. It's going up. Every single week, the vaccine adverse event reporting system is continually reporting a significant amount of people are having horrific, horrific health problems after they've gotten this shot. They are going to try to scrub this into a memory hole and pretend that none of this happened. I promise you that right now. They're going to slowly break COVID up if they can make it useful. But right now, they've pretty much shown with the algorithms COVID's done in the United States. It's going to be very difficult to resurrect that moronic topic now and keep telling everybody that a mutated flu means they need to completely and totally shut down their life. What they did to everybody with the mask, understand this. I'm going to say this very succinctly. I know a lot of people complied with stuff. I know a lot of people went along with it for their jobs and so forth. I'm saying this now, and I'm saying it very succinctly. If you're a patriot, if you're an American, you absolutely cannot 
ever allow yourself to comply with this nonsense again if you made that mistake and did it before, whether it's the vaccines, the mandates, the lockdowns, the mask. If people comply with this lie again, they're going to come down 50 times harder, and they're going to push more and more invasive propaganda and more and more moronic topics to try to get you to follow, and it's going to get much, much worse. This was the first beta test to see how far they could get the American population to comply, how long for two years people wore masks on planes. I talked to my buddy last night as a Polk County sheriff, and we were talking about this discussion. He goes, yeah, he goes, I guess I can actually fly somewhere now and go on vacation. And I said, yeah, me too. I said, I'm thinking about going to the SEMA Auto Show out in November. Probably going to go out there. He said, yeah, I may run out there with you. See, see what the wife's doing. And I said, it's funny to me how many people still kept flying. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I just am the same way you are. He said, if I don't want to be involved in something. If I don't agree with something, he said, I'm not going to do it. He goes, I haven't flown since 2018. I said, me too. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I said, when are you do it? He goes, if the vast majority of Americans would actually grow a set of stomachs <laughs> and say, hey, guess what? We're just not going to comply anymore. We're not going to go along with it. It would change everything. I said, yeah, I know. I said, it's funny to me how the one pilot in one of the videos declares over the intercom that masks are no longer required on planes, and the stewardess took their mask off, and the rest of the plane took their mask off. And at first, everybody was like, oh, yeah, and people were making comments in the videos, yay, hooray, we've won, we've won. Have you really? You just allowed somebody while you were, you know, 25,000 feet up in the air to tell you that you now no longer have to wear a dog muzzle on your face while you pay money to fly freely on your way to another state or country. And everybody decided to take them off once they got permission to do so on the plane. Why didn't we have more stewardess and more airline attendants and more pilots getting on the radio and saying, listen, I'm letting you guys know right now. You don't have to wear a mask on this plane. It will not be enforced. It is unconstitutional, unlawful, exactly what the Florida judge just said yesterday. So you mean it was unlawful the entire time? You were right, Austin? Yeah, I kind of was. I told you from the very beginning, nobody has a right to tell you to put a muzzle on your face. And you know how I figured that out? I look back at history. I did my research in 1918 with the Spanish flu when they tried to force everyone to wear a mask in 1918. Oh, yeah, most people don't realize that, do they? Yeah, in California, they tried to do full mask mandates and arrest people if you didn't wear a mask during the Spanish flu. Then finally, numerous judges and law enforcement came out and said, this doesn't make sense. People that are wearing masks are still contracting the Spanish flu. Why in the world are you trying to arrest people that aren't wearing a mask? Yeah, guys, that just happened to be exactly a 100 years before COVID started to occur. Hmm. Isn't that interesting how history repeats itself? Be a scholar, my friends. Read books. Read history. Do your own research and come to your own conclusion. Don't believe propaganda that is spewed to you by the mainstream media that gets 70% of their funding from the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Make your own determination. Make your own research as far as digging down and come to your own conclusion. I can't say that any more succinctly because this has been embarrassing. I will tell you that over the last two years that I've still seen this many people comply and people are applauding and getting excited on planes when they're told over the intercom they no longer have to wear a mask. How about you just didn't wear one from the beginning or how about you just didn't fly? How about you just didn't comply from the start? 
How about we didn't comply in 2019 and 2020, and this would have never gone this far and escalated this far if people would have stood up and said, no, I'm not going to allow you to shut down my business. Nobody is shutting down my business. I will not comply under any circumstances. Exactly what I did down here in Florida and what hundreds of other businesses did, some of which were arrested, many of which, if all of them won, because – they stood up for what was right, and they realized this is illegal and unlawful, and we will not comply with it. What do you think, Deb? Yeah, that was really well said, Austin. You know, I've trained a lot of dogs. I'm actually a pretty good dog trainer. And, you know, what you do with a dog is you do basically classical conditioning. You know, you grab a leash, you put a choke collar on them, and they don't listen, you choke them. When they do listen, you don't choke them. Uh, you give them treats, and you just basically reinforce the behavior. So they did with the masks. So what they did, they got everybody to put the choke chain on. They snatched them tight. They put a mask on them in the plane, and they, got, they taught them how to lay on their backs, take their, stick their feet up in the air. It says, listen, the guy can come scratch their stomach and say, good little puppy. We're not going to put you arrest, arrest you today, and we're not going to put you on the no-fly list, but you're a good little doggy. And then all of a sudden, you would learn to train dogs. You learn that they have to have some free time, too. And so what we used to always do when I'd have my dogs and I'd be training them, I'd take them off the leash, and I'd say, free. And they'd run around. They'll be all happy. they get to do what they want to do. But then I'd talk off. They'd come. They'd come right back to me. Sit, sit. Put the collar back on them. They told everybody free on the plane. (laughs) They've been laying on their bellies with a mask on, metaphorically. Everybody's scratching their stomach, TSA, making sure that they complied. And then they told them free. And that's what we did. That's what the whole country did. It's not you and me, Austin, but, you know, not our listeners, but, you know, the majority of the country, they did that. And as far as the airplane pilots not coming in and saying, I'm not going to enforce this on my airplane – these captains on these major airlines, these big airplanes, they're making half a million, six hundred thousand dollars a year with incredible benefits for the rest of their life. Falls right back into what I covered at the beginning of the show. They have these huge pensions, these huge benefits, free health care, free, free, free for the rest of their life. And a lot of these guys have been there for 20, 30 years. Some of them are 60, 62, 63 years old. They're about retired two years, and they ain't going to rock the boat. And the young guys, they're just trying to get to where the old guys are, so they're not going to rock the boat. And this is what happens. People basically compromise because they want to basically not rock the boat. By the way, Governor DeSantis is now asking lawmakers to consider stripping Disney of self-governing power. The lowest estimates I've seen on this would be $600 million cash windfall for state sales for property taxes to the state of Florida, $600 million a year if they strip them. Remember, they don't have to pay any property taxes on their whole little thing there because they were going to bring tourism in, you know, back in the 60s under Claude Kirk. I still remember when that happened. So I hope DeSantis follows through with this, and I hope our state legislature isn't so compromised that they're not going to allow it to happen, and they're going to basically say, no, we're going to support Disney because simply we're going to do whatever Disney wants us to do because they're giving us all kinds of campaign contributions. Just thought I'd mention that. By the way, the Biden's educational department now is suddenly wiping out student loan debt for 40,000 borrowers to bring the 3.6 million Americans closer to ending payments by promising to fix longstanding failures and forgive the scheme that hits low-income students. Wait a minute. Again, if you lay on your back and you let them scratch your stomach, <laughs> they're going to give you forgiveness teams because so many people have defaulted on their student loans. They can't go after everybody because these student loans were a lie. They were a lie from the beginning. If you don't get a job, if you don't have a job, if you don't go to college to get a job where you become a professional, a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer, an attorney, an engineer, an educator, where you can be licensed to have a job or to start your own practice or whatever, or own business or whatever, you, you know, you're better off to become a plumber or you're better off to become an electrician. You get licensed in those fields and open up those types of businesses. You're better off to become a welder, have a welding shop. 
blue collar work has always been really, really rewarding and very, very profitable for those who do it if they do it well. Going into debt for hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loans doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if you're majoring in stuff like, you know, underwater basket weaving, just to be silly. You, you don't, you're not going to get a job with that. And you're never going to be able to pay back the notes, the loans. So be very, very careful if you're in college, if you're not going to be able to do something with it when you get done with it, you need to probably do something else. By the way, Georgia is now declaring a state of emergency over supply chain shortages. Now, let me share something with you real quick. This primarily was caused by Donald Trump carpet bombing the United States by closing businesses down for months and shutting down businesses and having people go out. I mean, hundreds of thousands of suppliers and businesses went under. Think about all the suppliers right now for General Motors. They're not producing any vehicles that I can find. We can't even order one. can't even get one. You know, wait eight, nine, ten months for a truck. It used to take four to six weeks. What happened to all the suppliers that were supplying all of the parts and all of the wiring and all of the plastics and all of the circuit boards and all of the windshield wipers to General Motors? How are they, how are they surviving? They weren't, they weren't basically working with the used car market. You don't have to put, you know, all new circuit boards in used cars, though. You may have a replacement part every once in a while, but the vast majority of what they were putting out were for the automobile manufacturers. Remember what they used to say in the 50s? As goes General Motors, goes the United States of America. That's where we find ourselves now after Trump carpet bombed everything. So people, I hear, I already hear people. Well, Donald, I wish we had Donald Trump back and not Joe Biden. Let me say something to you. Donald Trump carpet bombed us. He locked us down. He gave us foul sheet. Don't forget that. I'm not saying that Trump was any better than Biden. I'm not saying Biden's any better than Trump. I think they're all awful. And I, and I personally have become a political agnostic. I really have. I, I just, it's just how I see things now. Because we can't have a political solution to a spiritual rot in the United States that was brought to us by the Frankfurt School and cultural Marxism. Please listen to Monday's show in depth. Listen to it. Who brought us transgenders? Who? Why are they doing this? Listen to Monday's show. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Finish up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And I, I will say this. I will say this. Would I rather enjoy seeing Trump run his mouth and make comments and do stuff on stage and make funny jokes more than I would like seeing the bumbling buffoon shake hands with thin air and wander around on stage by himself and get lost and have the Easter Bunny direct him where he's going? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie about that. I would much rather see Trump running around, being cocky, being his arrogant self, doing some stuff here and there than I would watch Bumbling Buffoon turn around and try to shake hands with a ghost. I would. I'd much rather see that. Do I think anything would change? No, not at all. Not one single bit. There may be a few different policies. The only one main thing that I can say that may possibly be different if the banker boys didn't force him to still do it is the oil industry and the drilling on federal land and all the other restrictions that the bumbling buffoon Biden has put into place. Would Trump have basically put those same restrictions into place now? I don't know. I know he lifted a lot of them, and it definitely changed the entire aspect of the fuel industry. But was it theater? Was it done specifically to make the economy propped up more than it was at the current time because they knew it was about to happen? I don't know. The thing you always have to remember right now, when it comes especially to national federal politics at the top level, almost everything you see is directed in algorithm-based theater. 
they look and monitor how everything continues to go, and they base their determination on what they're going to do, what laws they're going to push, and what they're going to push in the mainstream media based on the algorithms that are currently operating. Always remember that, my friends. It's much bigger picture than you think it is. And yes, that's exactly right. I absolutely hope, and I've written this, Santez, I know a lot of people are as well, and I encourage you, if you're in Florida, write to your lawmakers in your county areas and write to DeSantis and tell them to absolutely remove the special status of Reedy Creek Improvement District. That is the name, R-E-E-D-Y, Reedy Creek Improvement District. It was enacted in 1967, and it made Disney World their own private government island. They are not subject to any type of Florida laws, taxes, or statutes. They operate with impunity, roughly between 600 to $800 million a year in taxes. They are basically skating on not having to pay with the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And I was just about to say, Austin, why are you in favor of taxes? I'm not. Taxation is theft. I'm 100% diametrically opposed to taxes, especially property tax. But if we're all stuck in this horrific dilemma together and we're all getting hammered and having to pay federal tax and property taxes, why in the world are we giving Disney World a pass when they're directly telling us they're going to target our children with homosexual perverted propaganda? That's the million-dollar question. Why in the world will we allow that? The answer is we shouldn't. If we're all held to this nonsense, so should they, since we're all in this together, I guess. I appreciate you, my friends. Continue to keep up the faith. Stay strong. Stay prepared. Continue to exercise. Keep yourselves healthy. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. I said earlier, the purple sticks are going to be going on sale later on on product of the week, so be sure to check it out at the website, healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.